Hello and welcome to Embassy City Church Podcast. This is a place where all people can experience the love of God through the Word of God. Our prayer is that you will be inspired and transformed. Thank you for joining us today. Repeat after me. Today. today. Louder. Today. today. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. is going to speak to me after, after I receive What's going to feel like a breaking. Take a deep breath. Let it out. Today, God is going to come after the part of my heart that's independent. I'm going to just let that marinate real quick. After today, I will know and fully understand that God doesn't need my help to get his promises accomplished in my life. So after today, I might feel like Tim picked on me, but after he reads the Bible, I will realize the Bible picked on me. Let's go. I'm telling you, I'm trying to calibrate you now because ooh wee. Listen, whenever I'm, whenever I'm in my quiet time studying for a message and I feel unqualified to teach the message after I'm done, that's when I know like, oh, it's not going to be, wow, some people are going to get hurt today. By the word, not like, you know what I mean, just... Just the nature of things. When you open up the book, the book will open you up. Okay? Genesis chapter number 32. Genesis chapter number 32. I've got to read you some verses here to give you context for what we're talking about. And then I'll give you the title and we'll pray. Okay? Genesis chapter number 32, starting at the 22nd verse. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. Here's what it says. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives, and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. This man had to be from the south. Because where else do you wrench something out of socket? Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob, your name will no longer be Jacob. The man told him, from now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel. And he was limping because of the injury to his hip. Even today, the people of Israel don't eat the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night when the man strained the tendon of Jacob's hip. If you're writing uh, uh, notes, if you're taking notes, the title of this message is renaming you for dependence. Renaming you 
for dependence. Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word, shall we? Holy Spirit, help us to be dependent on God. Amen. Amen. Renaming you for dependence. We've been on an interesting journey this month, starting in Genesis chapter number three and understanding, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter number 12 with the narrative of Abram going to 17 where the covenant was to happen with him. We began to understand that that God is making promises and changing names as he goes along for people to be open enough to receive what he wants to give them in a particular season of life. Abram's name is changed to Abraham. And he becomes the father of many nations. Off of one obedient move in response to God, Abram sets up his entire family for blessing. We talked about the fact that uh, God never blesses you for you. That God never blesses you in spite of others. Whenever he's going to be a blessing to you, he intends for you to be a blessing to others. Your family, your friends, those around you. In this particular case, he is establishing a covenant that's going to go through a bloodline of the family. Hello, God wants to bless you and your kids and your kids' kids and your kids' kids' kids for a thousand generations. It's the kind of life he wants to have with the family. We find out about Abram. We find out about uh, uh, Sarai having her name changed to Sarah, her being open to receive a baby at 90 years old. She laughs. (laughs) The baby's name literally means laughter. Isaac is born. Isaac uh, finds Rebecca and they have two children, twins, Jacob and Esau. And while still in the womb, there is a prophetic word that is given to Rachel about the two children that are in her womb. And that is that the eldest brother, the older brother, whoever came out first would actually serve the second child. This is a prophetic word that God has spoken. And how many of you all know when God gives you a word, he knows how to bring it to pass. What is interesting in this narrative that we find in Genesis chapter number 32 is that there is a way that Jacob has been living his life that is completely different to the way that his father Isaac lived his life and vastly different than the way that his grandfather Abraham lived his life. Even though you could look at Jacob's life at the time that we find him in this narrative, four wives, we'll get into that in a minute. 12 sons, a a, a massive amount of of cattle and herds. His blessing came about in a completely different way than the blessings of his father, Isaac, and his grandfather, Abraham. Let's recap this real quick. Everything that Abraham received as a blessing from God was given to him because he decided to obey God. That transcended down to Isaac and Isaac gets his blessing for continuing in the obedience of his father, Abraham. But when we get to Jacob and we see the scene of his life unfold, there is something in Jacob's life that is completely different than what's been going on in Isaac's life or 
in Abraham's life. The way Jacob has received his blessings has been through deceit, manipulation, and control. Is there anybody besides me that will admit that, 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 that when things are not going your way, you have a plan? Like, like, like be honest, by a show of hands, like if, if God, God, if you don't have a plan, I do. So you come through if you want to. But delay if you want to, see what happens. I got a plan. I got four plans. I got contingency plans for my contingency plans. I got a plan B1 for my B. Whatever I find my situation, I will have a plan to get out of it. Jacob has lived his life completely different than his father and his grandfather. All they wanted to do was obey God. Here was Jacob. I'm going to get mine. I got this. And, and, and as he began to get stuff, then he would say, God gave it to me. It's amazing how much we will co-sign our efforts and give God credit. You hustled, you schemed, you plotted, you planned, but because you're a Christian, God gets all the glory. But we could have left a body of people in our wake who have been hurt, disappointed, feelings of mistreatment because we took matters into our own hands. This starts for Jacob at a very young age. Jacob is uh, uh, different than his brother Esau. Esau is a wild man. Esau is a hunter. He's a, he's a gatherer. He's the one that's going into the field, killing animals, field dressing them, spilling their guts to the floor, and then, uh, and then carving up the meat and bringing home the skins. Esau is a hunter, and Isaac loves Esau. Every time he comes home from killing an animal in the field, he brings uh, the meat home and he cooks something and he gives it to his father, Isaac. And Isaac loves the man that Esau is. You can tell that there's a difference in their in, in their uh, relationship between Esau and Jacob, because Jacob is not kind of he's not he mm -mm, he's not. Ugh, he's not I he's not Esau. He's like, oh, no, blood. Esau is the domesticated one. Esau, Esau is the one he, he, he would. I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, Jacob. Jacob is the domesticated one. He, he's the one that stays home. He, he's I identify with, with, with Jacob because he's me. Right. Right. I, I imagine Jacob has has no, uh, 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 you know, abrasions on his hand. Right. Right. He doesn't have any calluses. Right. He sees blood. He's like, oh, boy, just. um. Is there a grocery store I can get my meat from? Because I don't do the whole, like, I don't do that part. I can write a lovely letter. Like, I mean, he's like a, you know, he has probably his, his cuticles are pushed back. He probably doesn't have long nails. He doesn't want dirt under them. Like, he's, he's more of like a metro man, right? right? He's, 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 a, he's a little bit softer. And, 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 and Isaac is, is uh, really leaning towards Esau at the expense of Jacob. And Jacob wants the love and affection of his father, but he realizes that it's going towards Esau. So he starts taking matters 
at a very young age into his own hands. One day Esau is out in the field and he comes home and he is just famished. I don't know what he was doing out there that day, but when he came home, he came home hungry. Anybody ever come home from somewhere hungry? Have you ever exaggerated about that hunger? I am starving. I will die if I don't get anything to eat. This is what my 10 year old and my eight year old say when they come home from riding a bike. I am starving. I would die if I don't get anything to eat. And again, you're talking to a literalist. I'm like, oh, you starving. Google starving kids. It only took one picture. Oh, so you that? No, I'm just hungry. I just. Please don't show me that again. As long as I live, daddy, I'm uh, I'm just hungry. I'm not even famished. I'm just hungry. Esau came in from the field claiming that he was so hungry he was about to drop dead. And Isaac, I'm sorry, and Jacob is just kind of making a little stew. Oh, you hungry? Well, how hungry are you? You have to watch your appetites. Never trade in something God has given you permanently for something that is temporary. He says, hey, if you're hungry, then give me your birthright. The birthright goes to the firstborn. He says, if you want it, uh, uh, if you want some food, then give me your birthright and I'll trade you for some food. Now, I told you I identify with Jacob because I'm like Jacob. This, this what he did is something that I did to my brothers time and time again, summer after summer as we were growing up. Because every summer, my mom's cooking duties took a decline. And during that decline, the amount of frozen dinners went through the roof. (laughs) There would be seven frozen dinners for every single child. And she would cook on these off days and say, on the days that I don't cook, you can eat this frozen dinner. Well, the way that my brother's metabolism was set up, they would eat mama's dinner and three hours later, eat a frozen dinner. Within three or four days, all of their frozen dinners were gone. Except mine. (laughs) For some reason, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with an ice cold glass of milk was the equivalent of a frozen dinner to me. I was I was good. I've always been a low maintenance person in that regard. Whatever you whatever we eating, we eating. They would come by, look in the freezer and be like, come on, man. (sighs) You're still babysitting the frozen. Come, Come on, man. When are you going to eat that? And I'm like, man, I'm just not ready to eat it. Man, just give it to me. Why don't you be nice and give it to me? What you going to give me? <laughs> I'm like, man, man, get out of here, man. What do you want? And I was like, how about this? I'll let you have that frozen dinner if you do my dishes for, for a week. Because we did our, our rotations. Everybody had a week to do household duties. I'm like, if you want this frozen dinner, then you do my dishes for a week. And they were like, fine. And I thought, I can't believe this worked. My brothers are not bright. <laughs> Within 45 minutes from the time the negotiation ended to the time that they were finished with that, that, that whole meal, it was over. Yet I benefited for the next seven days off of something that they couldn't control for 45 minutes. Watch your appetite. Don't give away your destiny 
over 45 minutes or less. He traded his birthright for a bowl of soap. And you know what Jacob called that? A blessing. Look what God did. I gave him soup. He gave me his birthright. God is blessing me. Mama told me that the eldest was going to serve the youngest. And look, all it took was my soup. God is doing something for my life. That was between siblings. You can, you can go, oh, siblings always kind of one-up each other, and I understand that. But, but, but then it goes from what, what might have been just simple, playful sibling nature to a little bit of nurture. Because in Isaac's uh, 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 latter years, as, he was, as his vision was dimming, Scripture says that he was ready to pronounce a blessing over Esau. And Rebecca remembers the prophetic word that's been given to her son, Jacob. And she starts taking matters into her own hands. She's the one that comes up with the idea of, you know what? We can get your father to bless you instead of your older brother. Here's what we're going to need to do. Uh, Put on his clothes because his clothes still have that pungent smell of field duty. Animal guts, little leftover blood on the skins that he wore. He said, put these on. And Jacob's actually trying to trying to, um, you know, push back on mommy. And he's like, mom, no, he's going to know it's me because I'm smooth and he's hairy. My eyebrows are arch, his or not. <laughs> I get mine threaded, mama. He's just he's just. He's a metro man. He's like, you know what I'm saying? Mm, I need to make sure my stuff is clean. Right. She says, no, no, no. Go shave off some goat hair and put it on your arms and then lower your voice just a little bit. So he'll know he'll think that it's Esau. And she makes him what Esau would have made for Isaac and gives it to Jacob. And Jacob walks in trembling. Hi, dad. Esau, is that you? Yeah. Who else would it be? I was in the field doing field stuff. Killed a, killed a, killed something that was moving. Daddy, you know how we do when we get in the field. Just like you taught me. There's no clue. And Isaac, who really can't see, was like, are you sure that's you? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm a man. I did it. Killed it. Cooked it. Brought it. He says, come closer. And he comes closer. He's like, oh, boy. And Isaac goes, you smell like him. You hairy like him. Must be Esau. And he pronounces a blessing on Jacob that was supposed to be for Esau. And you know what? Jacob said, look what God did. Two for two. Through my own manipulation and my own scheme, I got the birthright. And through mama's help and her schemes and our collaboration, I now have a blessing. This is the way God blesses. He needs me to take the initiative 
And then he just co-signs on what I do. My plans work. They're working out in my favor. God must be behind this. Listen, let me tell you something. Just because it's going your way doesn't mean it was his way that he wanted it to go. Jacob had a problem waiting on God. And everything that he received in the process, he thought it was because of God that it was happening. Esau comes back to bring a meal for his father and finds out that Jacob tricked him. Esau is filled with rage and he says, I will kill him. And Jacob hears that and he's like, ah, I'm out. I believe him. He kills animals every day. Me, I make soup. <laughs> I don't even kill the soup. I just mix it. He runs away. And he runs down to Rebecca's hometown and finds his uncle Laban. Now, at this point, uh, Jacob has a master's degree in manipulation and control. He has a master's degree in deceit. He got his bachelor's from Soup University. Okay, that's where he got his bachelor's from. He got his master's from Trick Daddy Online Technical College. But when he gets down, when he gets down to where Laban lives, Rebecca's hometown, this is where he gets his PhD. Because when he gets down there, he gets a professor to teach him lessons for over 20 years that he would never forget. When he got down to Rebecca's hometown, he found the masters of manipulation. He goes down to where Laban is. He goes there to work for him and he sees this attractive woman named Rebecca. He is, I mean, named Rachel. He's like, oh my goodness, she is gorgeous. I would like to marry her. And Laban goes, yeah, oh, absolutely. Just work for me for seven years. And he's like, fine with me. And scripture says he was so happy and excited to get Rachel that those seven years seemed like seven minutes. It seemed as a day to him because when you're in love, everything is just like la, 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 la. He was like, I am working. <laughs> I'm going to get that girl. Woo! Seven years later, he's like, cool, you can have my daughter. I will bring her to your tent and you will be able to consummate this marriage with your bride. A daughter was brought to his tent. And when he woke up the next day, he realized it wasn't Rachel. It was Leah. This is better than any movie you can watch on Netflix. <laughs> I promise you, some of y'all are like, what the what? <laughs> is that really in there? I need to read the Bible more. It's TV mature. How come they didn't have no lights? In the Old Testament. How a woman come into your tent? How do you not know? How long did you talk to Rachel before? You didn't recognize the voice? Was they the same height? Come on, man. You thought it was Rachel, you wake up. Ah! It's 
Miss Leah and you run back to Laban, the father? Hey, man, what'd you do? Yeah, man. Ooh. Where you think your mama got it from? Where you think your mama got it from? It's how we live life, son. Sorry, I couldn't give you Rachel. It's not the sequence. I have a firstborn. Leah, is, 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 you, got to, you had to get with her first. But I'll still give you Rachel if you want to. Just work seven more years. So he worked seven more years to get Rachel. A week into the, seven, the next seven-year contract, he gets to marry Rachel. And, and, and so now he's married to two women. Because the same manipulation that he had been dealing out, he starts to get back in return. The dysfunction gets worse. Rachel can't have any kids. Leah is popping out babies like she is just the most fertile soil on earth. It don't sound like that, but that's... She was popping. She has six kids. Effortlessly. She just kept having kids. Rachel couldn't have any kids, so she gets her servant and says, sleep with my servant so you can have more kids. This is just just crazy. The way that God had to deal with humanity in the Old Testament is just like, oh, my goodness. You're so sovereign because this is a hot mess. You got two people. Then you're like, I can't get pregnant. Take my servant. Here's Jacob. Okay. And then Leah stops having babies and she's like, we can't have any more babies. Take my servant. Okay. I mean, it's just so random. It's that Abraham gene. See how I'm tying this all together? I can't get pregnant, Sarah says. Just go in with Hagar. Okay. Twelve sons come from these four different women. Rachel has two. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Rachel has two. Leah has six. Zilpah has two. And Bilhah have two. If your name is one of those two names, <laughs> you can legally change it. It's all I'm saying. Renaming you for social acceptance, right? I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. They have, they have, 12, they have 12 sons and a bunch of manipulation and deceit and heartbreak and all this stuff is piled on. After 20 years, he wants to go home. He says, just give me what's mine and let, let me go back home. And, and, and he goes to Laban and he says, hey, uh, I'd like to take everything that, that I've earned and I would like to go home. And Laban says, no, no, man, just stay. What can we do to make, to make you stay? Because think about it. All of Laban's uh, 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 affairs had prospered because Jacob was there. There are some people that do not want you out of their life because of the way it benefits them. I don't know who that is for. But don't stay in a relationship for the status, even if it means you're being abused in the process. I know that's, ooh, that's, that's really, that, that's a lot to say in this space. But, but, but manipulation and control will make you lose your identity quicker than anything else. And, and they finally work out a deal, but the deal that's worked out is meant to keep Jacob where he is. But Jacob, over 20 years, had got a PhD from his professor and decided to use the professor's knowledge against the professor. 
he says, well, you can, you can have all of these animals that, that have defects. And, and, and so Jacob took sheep that didn't have defects and put them in the water next to some, uh, uh, next to some striped uh, uh, reeds that he had put in the water. And they all began to have defects, even though they were healthy. And he walked out even richer than when he came in. Guess what Jacob called that? A blessing. Look what God's doing. I got a birthright because of my plan. I got a blessing because of my plan. I got four wives, 12 sons, and a bunch of money because of my plan. Yeah, God is good to me. Let's go home. It's amazing how long God will let you work your plan before he calls you on it. This man had lived his whole life this way. And God says, I can't let you in your life thinking that this is the way that I bless people. So we're going to fight. <laughs> now prepare yourself for these five points. Because these five points are how we get into Genesis chapter number 32. I wanted to give you that entire context. Instead of just assuming that you understood the narrative, I wanted to refresh you because I want you to have these five points in context when you understand that God wants to rename you to depend on him. Are you ready? Let's go. Point number one, please write this down. Write this down. This is a fact. God will fight against you. Now, the really positive, happy people do not want to write that down, but it is the truth. God will fight against you. You can sing all day. God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness. And you can jump and everything. And he'll be like, when you stop bouncing, we're going to have a fight now. <laughs> you are too stubborn, ridiculously independent. In the name of Jesus, I am going to break you. And you will not want to fight. Not want to fight. I got remixes for days. God will fight against you. Here's what it says. This left Jacob all alone in the camp. God will fight you alone. He won't do it in front of a crowd. He loves you too much. He will get you by yourself and have a fight with you. And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. Jacob didn't know who this was. This, this ninja came out of nowhere. I mean, you got all your people around. You've sent half your family this way. You've sent half your family this way. You think Esau's coming to kill you. And, and, and then by the cover of night... Same kind of night that had to be when he got in that tent with Leah. <laughs> he couldn't see nothing. Just <laughs> Here's something. This man comes out of nowhere. They start wrestling with each other. And this wrestling match is, is he's trying to win it. Because that's all he knows is, is, is his whole life, he's been trying to win stuff in his own strength. It's been happening emotionally for him. It's been happening relationally for him. It's been happening spiritually for him. Now it's happening physically. And he's trying to muster up enough strength to win this fight in the same way he won all of his other fights with his own strength. And he found himself having a difficult time doing so. Which brings me to point number two. God's not trying to win the fight. When God fights you, he's not trying to win the fight. Here's what he's trying to do. He's weakening your will to fight. 
I don't want you to think when God's fighting you, it's, it's, it's adversarial. It's, it's I'm going to come kick you in the chest. No, 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 no. It's your dad coming to fight with you to show you who's really stronger. How many dads in here have wrestled with your with your sons or your daughters? You've done play fighting with them, right? It's, it's, I just want you to think about it. My, I have a 10 year old and an eight year old. And sometimes they challenge me. Come on, dad. Let's go. We can take you. And they jump on me and start trying to. And I'm like, oh, 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 ow, ooh, it hurts. Ow, you're getting me. Oh, oh, man. Dad's down. What am, no. They can't win. And I don't let them. I'm, not, I'm just not that type of dad that's going to lie to you and make you think you just beat me. No, I'm going to give you the truth about this relationship. Not only am I stronger, I am your father. I'm just pinning them down. Come on, Noah, help. Noah jumps on top of me. I put him down. I'm not trying to do this for bragging rights. Ah, I won. No, I want to weaken their will to fight against their father. Sometimes the only reason why God is showing up at this season in your life is to weaken your will to fight against him. To fight against his will in your life, to fight against his ways in your life, to fight against his purpose and his plans in your life. So he just calms you down and you start wrestling with ideas. You start wrestling in the relationship. You start wrestling with the strategy. You start wrestling with the business plan. And you're trying to take it to God and trying to figure out how come I'm not getting any answers. And all he's trying to do is pin you down and wait for you to stop kicking. You can't win. Calm down. This will be okay. When you stop fighting me, you can't fight for anything I want to give you. Do you honestly think that God needed Jacob's help to give him a birthright? Do you honestly think that God needed Jacob's help to give him a blessing? Do you actually think that God needed Jacob's help with Laban? Point number two. Oh, let me let me read the verse. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Now, this is interesting because we're going to find out who this man is. This man is God. This is a, what we call in Scripture a theophany. This is a manifestation of God in the Old Testament. Some will call him a pre-incarnate Christ. Christ making cameo appearances in the Old Testament just to let you know I'm here. I'll wrestle with you. I'll show up to Joshua and let him know I'm not on his side or anybody's side. I'm on my own side. I will also be the fourth man in the fire for Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He just makes these appearances to show and to prove I'm here. And I want to be intimately involved in your life's affairs. He, he wrestles with him and he realized this guy We'll keep this up all night. He wasn't he, what he, when he's saying that, 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 that I can't win the match. He's not saying this guy's stronger than me. It's like with my boys. Sometimes I have to pin them until they submit. Sometimes they have so much fight because they have so much sugar. 
that I'm like, oh, this will never stop. And so then I have to put them in that uh move. <laughs> you ever been put in that uh move by one of your parents or your uncles? And then you're like, ah, you, you know what? Um, I'm going to reevaluate my life at this point. <laughs> and I'm going to just go ahead and say, I'm done. You know, I, I, I think you won. Here's what happened. They were fighting for so long that he finally just said, I'm going to end this right now. And this is gangster right here. When you can just touch somebody's thigh at the hip joint and it pop out of socket, I'm not fighting that person no more. I'm just telling you right now, if that person enters the MMA, they are going to go undefeated. I mean, this is... Here's 135 and 0 by technical knockout, the hip destroyer, right? Like he's just... If you don't hear that sound, then that means you, you still think you can win. But the moment you hear that sound, you reevaluate what this is really about. His hip pops out of socket and he stops trying to win. Which brings me to point number three. He says... Since I can't win, I'm going to hold you. That's point three. Since you can't win, hold. Since you can't get out of this situation, you might as well hold on to him now. Since you're not going to win and get your way, you might as well hold on to him to figure out what he has to say. Jacob changed his tactic. I can't win, so I'm going to just hold. Here's what it says. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. This is good stuff right here. Jacob changed his tactic. He just said, I'm going to just hold you. My, it's, it's amazing how things never change. My sons do this to me all the time. I get them to the, to, to the place where they, don't, they realize they can't win. You know what they'll do? They'll just cling to me. They'll just literally hold my leg. I will be dragging them around the entire living room floor. Let go. No. Let go, man. You lost. No. I'm just dragging. They're just. It's almost instinctive that if I, can't, if I can't win, I'm just going to hold you. But perhaps this is all God was trying to get Jacob to do all along. Now, I was born and raised in uh, sanctified holiness Pentecostal churches. And, and when I came up with point number three, uh, uh, there, there was a song that popped in my head that 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 I just want to uh, 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 remind some people of right now. It went something like this. Hold to his hand. God's unchanging hand. Y'all came to the same church. Hold to his hand, God's unchanging hand. Build your hopes on things eternal. You ought to hold to God's unchanging hand. Let me tell you why the old folks could write that song because they had had a 
experience. Wisdom had taught them, you don't want to fight against God. <laughs> you, 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 you don't want to try to usurp your will against his. Uh, and, and you're young and you're smart and you think you got it all together. But I've heard of. I, I've been through enough in my life. I've had enough issues that I've come into with seasons where I thought I was going to do me and then happened. And when happens. I just learned to hold on instead of fighting all the time. Because once the hits the fan. You realize how much you cannot do and how much you have to rely on him to do. Which brings me to point number four. Please write this down. Be honest with yourself. It's one of my favorite points. Be honest with yourself. Here's what it says uh, in verse number 27. The man asked him, what is your name? Here's Jacob's reply. Jacob. Now, at this point, we know that this is God that he's fighting with. So let me ask you a question. Is God asking him his name? Because he needs to know it. Is he asking him his name for identification purposes? It's dark out here. Who do I have the pleasure of wrestling? (laughs) My name's Jacob. Hey, Jacob. Almighty God. So good to see you. No, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. I called you by name. I already know who you are. I want to know if you know who you are. This is a self Awareness question. This is a self-evaluation question that you can only answer if you are honest with yourself. What is your name? And for the first time in Jacob's life, he finally confessed, I am the deceiver. I have literally been living up to my name. I have been the manipulator. I have been the controller. I have been the person that has schemed, potted, Plotted, planned, gaslighted everyone around me that did not see it my way. I've I've literally controlled the environment so, so that I could have a certain outcome. I've I've been Jacob. I've been the I've been the definition. I've been the hill. I've I've literally stopped other people's momentum so I could start mine. I'm. Um, that's me. If you're not honest with yourself, you'll never be able to make a change. But, but I think you can't make a change until you hear a. See, sometimes God has to touch us in a place. Sometimes he has to our ego. He has to our pride. He has to. Our plans, your strategy, he just keeps touching stuff and making it come out of socket so that he can get your attention. He says, he says, you, you, you're finally honest enough with yourself. 
Thank you for being honest. It brings me to point number five. Not, not that God said point number five, but it's my point number five. Let God fight for you. God literally changes Jacob's name to Israel. And Israel's name literally means God fights. <laughs> he said, you don't have to scheme anymore. You don't have to plan. You don't have to manipulate. You don't have to control. I will do the fighting for you. You haven't even seen blessings yet. I didn't need your help to get you a birthright. Didn't need your help to get a blessing. Didn't need your help to give you uh, 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 material things. But you kept jumping out in front of me, but I want to bless you now. Your name will no longer be Jacob, verse number 28. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Now, pop quiz, did he beat God? Did he really beat men? So then how did he win? He won by finally submitting to God's will in his way. Here's what he was saying. Thank you so much for listening to the in your life. Because of that, I have a reward for you. You don't have to fight anymore. And Jacob walked away from that moment a little slower, but better. Here's what happens when you allow God to get to that point and touch the part of you that doesn't want to line up with his will. It'll leave you limping. Emotionally, relationally, physically, spiritually. You'll be slower, but you'll be safer. You'll be, you'll be slower to get angry. You, you'll be slower to, to, to put your plan into place. You'll be slower. You'll be like, you know, I just don't feel like having another in this season. So I'm going to go ahead and calm down. Listen. God wants your dependence to be on him. Not because he wants you to be weak. He wants you to be well. But what he's really trying to show you by you putting your dependence in him is how extravagant he can bless you when you just obey. I shared this in the previous service, and I'm going to share it with you all. God told us to plant Embassy City Church in Irving, Texas. Now, here's the thing that was amazing. I had spent 18 years serving two of the greatest churches, not just in the Metroplex, but in the, in the world. I was at Potter's House for 13 and a half years and then came over to Gateway, and Gateway uh, uh, is the church that sent me to plant this church. Most people that serve in a metroplex like this and have been a part of two uh, uh, big ministries uh, like those, Potter's House and Gateway, they usually move to a different state. Hey, I'm going to plant a church. I'm going to move to a different state. They, they don't move in the middle of the two churches. <laughs> like that's not usually what it's not usually how that goes down. Right. You usually like move. Right. Fifty miles away or go to a different city really, really far. And, and God said, I want the church to be in Irving. And as if God didn't know what he said, I was like, yeah, um, real quick. Uh, that, that, that area that you chose, you do know that's nine minutes away from Gateway and 15 minutes away from Potter's house. Like, I'm not sure. I go 
somewhere else? I love Australia. I'd love to drive on the other side of the road. Please, Lord. He's like, no, I want you here. And I'm like, ooh, I'm not sure if everybody's going to be okay. And he was like, I'm the one that wants you here. So I'm the one that'll fix it for you to be here. He didn't need my help. I couldn't make no soup. I had no Swanson dinners to barter. I wasn't going to put goat hair on my arms. They are hairy enough. <laughs> I had to just rely on God. And do you know what wound up happening? I wound up having a one-on-one face-to-face meeting with Bishop Jakes, who gives me the blessing to start this church. And then Pastor Robert Morris and the elders give me the blessing to start this church. And then we started this church. And then within 13 months, God gave us this building to prove a point that he's the one that called us to be here in the first place. I'm telling you this to tell you he doesn't need your help to bless you. But I'm also telling you this to tell you I've had enough in my life that when he told me this is what he wanted to do, all the strategic side of Tim's brain went into a holy hush. Because I did not feel like getting again. When you allow him to break you, he'll bless you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information on our church, please go to www.embassycity.com. We would love to hear from you. Our prayer is that you have been inspired and transformed. Have a wonderful day and come back again.